You are listening to 104.9 The Trash Can with Trash Chris and Dumpster Mike. And here are your hosts. Good morning, Donut Box OGs. I'm Trashy Chris, and welcome to our segment called Trashy Advice. We are going to have our callers call in for some trashy advice, so let's get the next caller. Hi, my name's Darla from East Carolina, and I got a question. So, my 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 brother, he uh, he's just having a little bit of problem with uh, with some things, and I really think that he needs some advice. Even though I didn't really give you any sort of anything to go off of, can you give advice off of that? Listen, ma'am, this isn't Oprah. Give me some of the specifics. I'm not a psychic. Next caller, please. Name Darnell. Here's the thing. What I need, I need you to tell me what I should do about my woman. My woman, she's been stepping out on me. You know what I mean? And I'm working two jobs, 13 hours a day. And I need your help. What's your advice? What should I do? Let me tell you what, Darnell. Slap that hoe, throw her out the street. Keep your pip hand strong. You know what they say. Pipping ain't easy, but it's necessary. Last caller, please. Oh, this is Mr. Quan down here at the, the dry clean shop. And this man keep coming in. And you know what he keeps saying? He keeps saying that we owe him money. We don't owe him money. He owe us money. What do we do about that? I don't know, Link Link. Open up a donut shop. Get him some money. All right. Well, I'm Trashy Chris. And I'm Dumpster Mike. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, Micah, it's episode 33. I think we're doing great. We want to shout out to all of our trash can OGs. 33, it's great. I think our 4th of July episode was pretty good. What do you think about that? Oh, I loved our 4th of July episode. Something about our holiday episodes always turned out really good. I, I don't know. I, I, I've got a little bit of a bias for our holiday shows, but, you know, maybe that's just me. Um, something else, too, just to get the disclaimers out there. Since uh, we're living in cancel times and all, what you heard in the intro does not reflect Trash Tan TV or its affiliates or its beliefs. It is just a joke, and we're just joking. Just wanted to throw that out there, but we want to thank all of our OGs, uh, everybody out there uh, in Trash Can Nation, Trash Can Planet, because we've got, uh, oh man, we got a whole bunch of states. We got what? What is it now? Eight countries? Seven countries? It's actually 11 countries and four continents and 23 states. So shout out to all of you guys out there. Especially, I want to give a special shout out to our Midwestern states. Places like Iowa, Nebraska, I mean Kansas, all those places, Ohio. We just want to shout y'all out. Detroit, Michigan, Chicago, Illinois. We thank you guys for listening to us in good old Midwest USA. So thank you so much for listening to us. If you're brand new to this Donut Box podcast, welcome. And how it goes is each segment is a different donut out of the box. And our first segment is the old fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. But for these next few episodes, it's people from our past. And man, I have a good one today. This one is going to make Micah's skin crawl because he does not like this person at all. I think on his top hated list or nemesis list i think this person is probably number one or number two she's pretty up there so i'll give you some background 
you if you've been listening for a while, you will know that Micah and I grew up in church. And growing up in church, we had a lot of dramas and a lot of productions. Well, the first lady that did was over the drama department. She was great. She was wonderful. Really nice lady. The lady that took over after her was not so nice. And we're going to call her Amber Flynn Ryder. We're not going to say her full name in case you guys go want to go beat her up on Micah's behalf. Just kidding. Violence is never the answer. So, Micah, just give us a little bit of details about this lady other than being the drama director at church. This lady had a certain demeanor about her. Chris, have you ever heard of a resting witch face? And yes, I said it with a W. Yes, I've heard of that. We're, we are a family-friendly show, so we're not going to call it like it's normally called. But yes, I've heard of a resting witch face. And the thing is, this woman, it wasn't just the face. It was a lifestyle for her. Okay, just put it that way. But the thing was, she was married. She had a husband who was traveling all the time. And I don't want to be mean, but I think we know why she he was traveling all the time. Stay away from her. Any hoosies, we're, we're not going to go into that too much. But when she took over the drama department, she was very by the book. She was one of these by the book people to where she wouldn't allow any sort of ad-libbing, um, any sort of extra. She wanted you to read from the script, how the script was written, and act accordingly to where, you know, there is no extra. You only do what you're supposed to do. That's it. That's all. Nothing more. I'm not that kind of guy. Um, but anyways, she was also very vindictive. And she was also very petty. Any other words to describe her, Chris, besides the ones I used? Well, I think she actually just was not enjoying life. She kind of was a witch. And she did not make drama fun at all. And when you're in drama, you're supposed to ad-lib. You're supposed to be comedic and do different things. She just didn't make drama fun. And drama is supposed to be very fun. And she really wasn't that good at acting or really directing herself. And she just – I don't know. And the way that she was not a good director was her casting choices were not that great. So I'm going to tell about – the time that we put on the Grinch that stole Christmas at our church, okay? Let me cut in for you right quick. This was no ordinary Grinch that stole Christmas. And by the way, what church production does the Grinch who stole Christmas? I mean, really. And the thing was, this production was based on the Jim Carrey movie. I just want to put that out there. And so, anyways, continue, Chris. Just want to throw that out there. Micah and I both auditioned for the role of the Grinch. Neither of us got it, and the person that they cast was a, not a very good Grinch. He had, like, a Swedish accent. No, sh- no shade thrown to the actual guy. We love the guy. He's a good guy. But he just was not very Jim Carrey-like as the Grinch. He wasn't even a mean Grinch. And they put this man... They c- were too cheap to afford an actual Grinch suit with makeup and everything. They put this man in a monkey suit and dyed it green. And... Originally, I got the role of the mayor. There was this whole little adaptation of the Jim Carrey Grinch that stole Christmas. There were not that many characters in it. There was the mayor, and then there was Stu, there was Cindy Lou Who, and there was the Grinch, and then, of course, some townspeople. I originally declined the role of the mayor because I was like, if I'm not getting the Grinch, I'm not going to do it at all. But somehow... I was a nice guy and ended up getting roped into doing Spotlight, working Spotlight for it. 
Mike, on the other hand, he got the role of playing Cindy Lou Who's father. And I'll let Micah take it over from here. I got to be Stu Lou Who. And then the Grinch's understudy. And for those of you who aren't in drama, understudy means you get all of the grunt work of being the actual person except for actually being the actual person when the day comes. So I still had to memorize all the lines. I still had to, you know, practice in, you know, in case the actual guy didn't show up and all this other stuff. Um, well, he did. He did show up. Uh, anyway, so Stu Lu Hu, and here was my, my big beef with this whole thing. So this lady already didn't like me. We knew that. She had stiffed me on a couple other plays. This one in particular... Like, Chris will tell you, I think I had the Grinch pretty down pat. I had, you know, I I had the whole character and everything. And she moves me to Cindy Lou Who's dad, who has one line the whole entire thing. Versus the Grinch, who is the main character, so he has a bunch of lines. So I get moved to a role that's one line. Also, I'm 16, and I'm Cindy Lou Who's dad. Um, the person who she cast as... Cindy Lou Who's mom, I mean, not to bring age into this or anything, but she was in probably her 50s. Um, so it was already a weird matchup. It's like a 16-year-old as a dad with a, you know, a mid-50s mom. Uh, okay, that's a little weird. Um, well, so it comes around, and I'm, I'm pretty, pretty ticked off about the whole matter. So I tell Chris, he and I come up with a nice little plan. I said, when my line comes up, and what the line, I don't remember verbatim what the line said, but I remember the line went along, um, it was the part of the Grinch where the mayor's basically ripping Cindy Lou Who, and was like, I can't believe you'd bring the Grinch to this town, like, I can't believe you would, you know, introduce him to our stuff, he's ruining everything, and uh, Stu Lou Who says, I'm glad, I'm glad he came, and then he goes on this whole spiel. Well, I was going to ad lib this whole entire line and be like, and as for you, Mayor, election time is coming right around the corner. And I, Stu Lou Who, am going to run for mayor because you are corrupt. <laughs> and I was just gonna go on this whole entire rant. And so I was like, okay, perfect. We're gonna we're gonna do this. And so the we had two services. We had the early service and then we had the later service. So the early service is kind of, well, let's be real. That's what we used as the practice run, like the matinees, the late service. That's when everybody comes. So we're, we're practicing up there. And I didn't quite say that line when it came time to do so. I said something like some sort of variation, but I, I ad-libbed like a good bit. And... This lady was so mad that I ad-libbed those lines. She literally started praying. And she said, Lord, please, I just want the, the devil who's trying to corrupt this play to leave right now. And I'm like, I'm sitting here going, oh, so I'm I'm the devil. And I'm, I'm making the play bad and bringing in the devil vibe since I uh, have ad-libbed. So here was main service. And I was going to say it. I was going to say it. And I get up on stage, and Chris will tell you, I have a tender heart. I really liked our senior pastor. And I get on stage, and you got to think, this second service, we ran what? I think like 750, 1,000 people, the second service, something like that. 
So we get up there. I'm looking out at the crowd. It's time for me to say this line. It's time for me to ad lib. It's time for me to do all this. I look in the front row. There's this pastor. He's staring at me. And, you know, I don't know. I was just like, I can't do it. I got to just stay on par for the greater good of man. Poor Chris was disappointed. And I will say, if I had a do-over, I would have done it the second service. Oh, I would have had an ad-lib line like you wouldn't believe. I would have ripped the mayor. I would have ripped the director somehow. It would have been great. I would have dropped some bombs. But all that to be said, we really didn't like this lady. She was very, very... Um, one other side story about how she was vindictive. The I actually really wanted this role... Um, what was, what was that play called? Uncle George's Cabin, I think is what it was called. Something like that. I wanted a role in that. I auditioned for it. And they're like, oh, sorry, you didn't get a role. Um, and then somehow I got roped into doing the prop management in the back, um, which I couldn't stand doing that sort of thing. So And she, she knew it. So, Anyways, all that to be said. There's no love lost between me and this and this lady. Would you like to add anything to that, Chris? All I have to say is, going back, I would have taken the role as mayor, and we would have definitely hijacked that Christmas play, and we would have gone with it, and we would have just ad-libbed and ad-libbed and ad-libbed, and we probably would have got kicked off the drama team for sure. But yeah, that was Amber Flynn Ryder. I almost said her full name, so... You can look her up on Facebook and uh, say what you will. But anyways, that was our old-fashioned donut, and we are going to jump right into our jelly donut, which is the jail report. And what do you have on the jail report this week, Micah? Well, you know, I had two different stories, and it was talking about high-tech criminals and how they got away with some stuff. But just earlier today... I saw an article that was too good to pass up for the jelly donut today. There was a man, and uh, he's from your favorite city. It's actually from the city you're living in right now, Chris, believe it or not. And so there's a man. His name is Mr. Don, is what we'll call him. And he was hanging out over at the West End. you know where the West End is? Yeah, I know. That's like literally uh, not too far from where I live. Yeah. And so he was over there at the West End, which for those of you who don't know, in this town, the West End is like the big shopping center. It's like got the outlets and all sorts of stuff. Anyways, so the police were called um, to go out to the Skechers outlet where a man was being aggressive to passerby. So people just walking by. He was asking people for money. Apparently he was putting his shoes in people's faces and making them smell his shoes. Um, and so they thought, of, obviously, they thought he was intoxicated with something. So they walk up to him, officers do, and uh, when they confronted him, he was actually in the bathroom of this place called World of Beer, uh, which is a place just like it sounds. It's a, it's pretty much a bar where they have a bunch of beer. Yeah, it's a restaurant slash bar. Yeah, restaurant slash bar. He was in the bathroom, and apparently, so they confronted him like in the doorway of the bathroom. So uh, apparently he was cooperative at first, but then he became very, very argumentative, and he was then asking to step out of the bathroom, which he was then cooperative when they said sure. Then he says, well, I'm not leaving the business, 
you can't make me leave. Like, I'm staying here. So he was placed in handcuffs, and they told him, listen, you're not under arrest. You're just being detained so that we can take you away from the area. You know, typical police action there. So he was directed to walk out of the patio area, and he said, no, I'm not leaving the business, in which he sat down and literally made the officers forcibly remove him. Well, when they started forcibly removing him, here's when the next thing happened. He pulls this fake badge out of his pocket and says, I'm a federal agent with the Department of Homeland Security, and you can't arrest me because I'm investigating you. And he was talking about the officer in which had detained him and was now kicking him off the premises. So the officer didn't believe him, obviously. And so he said, he said, no, you're not. And he said, yeah, you need to release me right now, and you're under arrest. And he tried to, like, flip the whole thing around on him. So come to find out, they did this whole entire federal investigation. Or not federal investigation. That's what the guy was trying to say. But they did this whole entire investigation. Come to find out, this was not the first time that he had impersonated a civil servant in the past. So apparently, one other point, he'd gotten intoxicated when the cop showed up. He tried to say that he was a part of the FBI, and he was investigating the police department. And um, he wanted them to come by in order to complete his investigation, so you can't arrest me because I'm just investigating you. And he produced a fake badge at that time as well. Wow, that really reminds me of Jingle All the Way, if you haven't seen it. I don't know, have you seen that movie? I haven't actually, no. In the Jingle All the Way, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to get a toy for his kid. I, I won't, I'll spare you the details, but he goes to like this shady, um, like undercover place where they're like selling black market toys, like toys from Mexico and stuff. And the police come in and they like raid it. And then like he finds like a fake badge and he's like, hey, he basically did the same thing. He was like, We're, I'm from internal affairs. I'm doing an investigation on you guys, so you can't arrest me. So it sounds like he did that, but that's really funny. I mean, you know, the guy was obviously drunk and so good on the officers. I mean, I'm wondering, has that like ever worked for him in the past? Like, did that work for him at all? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think so. Uh, there was actually a third occasion in which this article lists when he actually was following a city council, then a city councilman's um, he walked up to their car and used the same thing of Department of Homeland Security. I don't know. It doesn't say if they showed him a badge or anything, but he started ranting and raving and screaming and yelling about how, you know, they're under investigation and they better watch what they're doing and all this other stuff. Well, that city council member ended up having the whereabouts to write down his license plate. And so they ended up arresting him later for impersonating a civil servant. So, or a public servant, I'm sorry. So literally he had been arrested three times for impersonating a public servant. Um, twice Homeland security. You can't keep running the same play, man. Like you, like if it didn't work for you the first time and the second time, you can't try it. There was a guy that was doing kind of the same thing. Uh, about 30 minutes away from where I live and he was like pulling people over and then I don't know if he was like robbing them or something but he was using like he had lights on his car and stuff and a fake badge and so that's why I'm like whenever an unmarked police car you know tries to pull someone over it's like who knows whether or not they're actual police you know but yeah that's that's crazy that he he did that man 
Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, like I said, I had a couple other stories, but when I saw this one come across my feed, um, I was like, oh, man, I got to talk about this one because that's not something you hear every day where somebody actually not just says, oh, you know, I'm a Department of Homeland Security or whatever, but they pull out a fake badge like, holy cow. I mean, it's it's not like obviously he's done this before. Right. But I mean, he had the wear. He, he thought about it beforehand to just have a badge on him. I guess I I, I don't know. It's ah, uh, it's a little weird. Uh, I've never heard anything like that before. The best part of the article was when you said that he was outside the Skechers outlet and then making people smell his shoes. Like that was the funniest part for <laughs> me because it's like, oh yeah, you're right outside a shoe store. Oh, smell my shoes. Yeah, I definitely want to buy some new Skechers after that. Uh, I would buy him some Skechers, man. Be like, here you go, bro. Like, you need some new shoes for sure. (laughs) With them stanky feet. Yeah, but uh, that's the jail report for today, man. That's a pretty crazy story. Good story. Good story. So what's up next? Uh, We got the donut hole next, and uh, that is our pick what you want segment. And so I've got a very interesting one. We've been asking each other some questions, playing some games and things. So I'm going to kind of follow along the same lines, but uh, this is a more of a, you know, I actually don't know some of these answers for my boy Chris here. So we'll be finding out uh, us OGs and also uh, me personally how he feels about this stuff uh now it is surrounding sports i promise it's not football or any of the major ones it'll be something interesting but uh you ready for this game i'm ready we haven't done like a good sports segment in a minute so it'll be nice if you're not a sports fan skip past fast forward through this part if you are a sports fan that's cool too so uh, this game came to me i was surfing through the channels one night and have you ever come across like ESPN 2 at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night and there's just really odd sports that you never knew existed, but they have a weird following and I wouldn't say weird. It's just they have a following, but you never knew these things were professionalized and were televised. No, I think I think that's just you, bro, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like me. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to run you through the list of some of these that I thought of. And see if you've ever watched them or would be interested in watching. And so what I'll do is I'll say the name of the sport. I'll describe what it is. And if you already know what it is, Chris, you can go ahead and describe it. However, and just say, yes, I've seen it. I liked it. Or no, I've never seen it, but that sounds interesting. Or however you want to respond to it. Okay? Sounds good. All right. So the first sport is curling. Have you ever heard of curling? Yes, I have heard of curling. I have done... School reports on curl, not like on curling itself, but like different winter Olympics and stuff. But yeah, I've seen it. it's the one where you like throw the little thing and then you got two people scrubbing the little ice to get it to wherever it's supposed to go. That's always my favorite part. I always wanted to be one of the little ice scrubbers. But yeah, I, I've seen I've seen that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool sport. It, it's a pretty cool sport. You will see it, like Chris said, on the winter Olympics. Um, but it's it's basically a ginormous it's like a metal block and it's got a handle on top of it and basically one person is called the thrower and they will get on one end and basically you're supposed to i think you're supposed to hit a certain point it's it's like shuffleboard kind of except it's on ice and you roll this stone and in order to make the stone go farther 
there's two people and they're on the ice and they're shaving this ice down to make it as smooth as possible for the least amount of resistance. Um, it, it is a very interesting sport. I've seen it. That's actually one of my favorite winter Olympic sports. I don't really watch the Olympics, but if curling's on, I'll watch curling. It's, it's interesting to watch. So the next one, and this one's a little tidbit from, uh, when our website was up and is about to be up, which we'll have news about that at the end, but world's strongest man. Have you ever seen a world's strong man competition? And I'm not talking about one of these, um, like where they get on stage and bronze themselves and show off their muscle, like not like a bodybuilding competition. Is it like where they're like ripping logs in half and stuff? No. Um, so world's strongest man is actually, so it's, it's this formalized thing. Have you seen like CrossFit Olympics where they have like a series of events and whatever? It's the same thing except it's for these extremely strong people. Like I'm talking, I mean, they're freaks of nature strong. And essentially what they do, like one of the events is um, like they'll pull a truck. Like, just them. You know, they'll strap the truck to them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. They'll, they'll pull it, and it's like whatever time you get. And what will happen is the way that it's defined is you have different heats. So you have, like, heat one where it'll be, like, three different events, but it'll be a pool of people. And they'll take two from there, and then they'll have, like, heat two, and they'll pull two from there. And then they'll come and have, like, the final, and then whoever wins the final is the world's strongest man. Um, they also have like some other events like the Atlas stones where you have to take these, I mean, they're 400 pound round boulders and these guys have to pick them up and put them on pedestals. Like that's the reason I call it Atlas because they have to put it on their shoulder pretty much. I mean, it's, it's incredible the amount that they can lift and what they can do. It's, it's crazy. Is that something you would watch? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'd have to see some of the events, but it, it's not like maybe if I was trying to like, find something to watch late at night i might would but it's not i'm not gonna like hop on the tv and be like oh i hope world's strongest man is on that's just i could take it or leave it to be honest with you gotcha all right well our third sport uh professional cornhole so you know you know what cornhole is right yes for those of y'all that don't know what cornhole is it's big here in texas like it is big like people have cornhole tournaments i don't know how it is like in the rest of the country but basically, it's kind of like a beanbag toss. You got two boards, and they have like a circular hole in the middle of them. And you put one board at the end of a field, and then you put another board at the other end. And then you got two teams that are like trying to compete to get... The goal is to actually get the beanbag in the middle of the hole while you toss it. Like, that's how you get the most points. Um but yeah, it's a big it's a big deal here in Texas. Like think about this, it's like horseshoe to where, you know, even if you don't get a dead ringer, you want it as close as possible to the middle spike, except instead it's a board that is kind of sloped and it has a hole in the top of it. And basically you try to throw these bean bags into the hole. Um, but did you know they had a professional league where there's like qualifying rules and there's time limits and point scoring and all sorts of stuff? Did you know they actually had a full on professional sport about that? Yes, I do. I know several people that are in like amateur leagues, but I did know it was like a professional sport and you can win a pretty good month a bit of money off of it. I think this guy that I knew, he was going to try to go to a cornhole tournament in Hawaii. And I think like the payout was like $5,000, like if you won or like $10,000. So I know it's like a 
a professional sport for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, apparently they uh, they put it on ESPN late at night. Apparently, the next one I have. Have you ever heard of timber sport? Now this one, I don't expect you to say yes to timber sport, like T I M B R sport. Is that where they like stand on the logs? Is that where they stand on those? Close. Not quite what you're thinking. This is literally, there's different events, but it's literally talking about sawing trees or sawing logs in different ways. So literally, you know, they have like a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. That's like really interesting, to be honest with you. I think me and maybe me and you saw it like at main event one time, yeah. and we were just like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah it's super cool to watch. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's very, very interesting, and they have you know different levels of tournament. There's even like a hand saw where you're like literally doing it with your hand, and then you have like the power saws, and you know it's like you have to make different shapes, or you have to cut down the tree, or there's there's some sort of objective to it. And so um, that one's that one's pretty interesting to me. I've never like, of course, I don't understand the scoring and how like the formal stuff with it. But I would totally watch Timber Sport, uh, and I would actually love to see it in real life too. I think that would be a really cool. I mean, you might see a guy lose a finger. Who knows? Yeah, that's a pretty cool sport. I definitely would watch that. All right. Well, the last sport that we have. Being a children's pastor, I imagine that you probably knew this existed, but just in case not, professional ultimate tag. Did you know that they have a professional ultimate tag league? I did know that was a thing. Um, I've I I've heard about it, but yes, I did know that was a thing. Be honest with you, I'm not gonna want to watch it on TV. I'd rather go outside and play it. Maybe, probably not in this heat, but. Uh, Definitely, yeah. I've, I've heard of that uh, for sure. Well, and the, the funny thing for me is um, you watch Professional Ultimate Tag, and if, for those of you who haven't seen it, and I'll make it brief, um, Ultimate Tag, if you don't know what it is, um, Tag, especially here in the States, is really big amongst kids. It's very basic. It's where you reach out your hand and you touch the other kid and tag, you're it. Well, the person who's it now has to tag somebody else to not be it anymore, and it's a game like that. Well, so obviously if you get touched, it's a bad thing. Um, ultimate tag, uh, especially in the professional form, literally it's this ginormous arena where they put all sorts of obstacles, different levels, um, like you remember when we used to go over and do uh, laser tag and things like that, and they would have these ginormous obstacle courses, like multi-leveled and things like that. Think about that, except there are people running around trying to tag each other and using these obstacles either to their advantage or trying to get around these obstacles. That's that's pretty cool. Th- this is one that I wish they would make, and they probably already do have a professional league. For it, it's a uh, professional like Gaga Ball. Have you ever heard of Gaga Ball? No. Uh, is that that's not like the balloon, like the balloon ball, right? Where it, like can't touch the floor. No, that's not it. So basically, you're in this like most of the time it's a wooden octagon. You're in this wooden octagon and you have this ball that's in the middle, and you can only hit it with your hands, and you're trying to hit it like against the wall and to like if it hits below the knees, your legs you're out so you're trying to get everybody else out and like you want to like hit it off the wall and like ricochet it to like get other people out it's very popular with uh kids and teens but i think they should do that as a professional thing it's very fun to play it kind of sounds like a 
a new age version of wall ball kind of yeah it's kind of it's kind of like that but yeah man those are some cool sports man uh definitely would watch curling definitely would watch uh the timber sports uh i don't I don't know about the other ones, though. <laughs> you don't know about the other ones? They may just stay uh, ESPN late night for, for Mr. Chris there. But, um, but yeah, that was that was our donut hole. And our next segment is what fries my donuts? And it's Chris's week. So, Chris, what fries your donuts? Oh, boy. And I'm going to try to make this very short because I could go on and on about this. So I'll try to make it brief. Um, but it's when people try to force their ideas onto you okay and i feel like as a society we have gotten to that point i don't care what side of politics you believe on what how your views on life both sides do it and it is very prevalent definitely in our movies in our tv in our commercials i mean heck and i know i'm this is very touchy subject very very touchy subject but the tampa Bay Rays last month got in trouble because they did not want to change their logo to the, I guess, the Rainbow Ray or whatever for pride, whatever. And so they got in a lot of trouble. And I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like as an athlete, they shouldn't have to, as an athlete, I shouldn't have to go to work every day and worry or not, worry or not if I'm going to get in trouble just because I don't have like a rainbow whatever thing i was like if it would have been like a cross or a like a jewish star or something like that and we would have forced people to put it on there people would have got upset would have got mad and you can have your views and you can have your beliefs there's nothing wrong with that but when you try to force them on other people or to say you know what unless you agree with me we can't be friends you know what i mean and again i'm not going to get into this touchy subject but a couple Weeks ago, there was a very big decision that happened in the United States, and people were very divided over it. People had one view, and other people had other view. And I saw a lot of people from both sides saying, well, if you feel this way about this decision, uh, then just go ahead and unfriend me because you're an idiot. And I saw a lot of people like that on my Facebook, and I was like, man, like just because we have differences of opinions doesn't mean that we can't be friends. You know, We can talk about these things in a nice and civil way. And we don't have to force each other's beliefs on someone. I'm going to talk about what I believe, yeah, and I'll listen to what you have to say as well because guess what? That's how you build friendships. But I feel like as a society, unless you agree with me on what I believe, then you're an idiot. That's how I feel like our society has gotten. Well, it's gotten that way. We've gotten horribly divided. I mean even you talk about 10 years ago, uh, we used – I mean – it was okay and commonplace to understand everybody's not going to understand the same or not going to believe the same thing. We're all not going to believe the same thing. So there's, I mean, to me, I think the best term that I can ever think of when it comes to this sort of thing is you have to be able to agree to disagree. Some people are just going to have views that you don't like. And that's just that's just how it's going to be. Listen, Chris and I don't agree on everything. We don't. We've we've had these conversations. Contrary to popular belief, we don't agree on everything. Yeah, we agree on most things. You know, nine out of ten. But the thing is, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where we don't agree on everything. So why? But how how our conversation goes when we don't agree on everything? I don't say, Chris. You're an idiot for thinking that. I think you're really dumb for thinking that. Whatever. No. 
what we say, we put our points out there, and this is how you need to be. I'm not telling you how you need to be, but this is how society needs to be to break this these habits. Open-mindedness. Okay? Even though I don't agree with what Chris says, I'm going to hear him out. Because maybe he has a point that I have never heard in my entire life that may make sense, snap into place, and change my belief because of what he said. You never know. You never know what somebody is going to come and say. So the thing is, I really think where we have come into as a society is we're so divided on everything. I mean, and I really don't mean to dive into politics on this either, but when was the last time you ever heard the word bipartisan in our government? Like, this is a bipartisan effort from both sides. We don't have that anymore, I don't feel like. It's one side or the other, and everybody else treats it that way too. As far as my beliefs are my beliefs, if you're not a part of my beliefs, you're on the other side, which is the wrong side. And that's how people feel. That's not true. That's not true. Just because I feel some type of way about something doesn't make me right or wrong. It means that I believe that way. And I think we've lost touch with that. I think we've lost sight of what really means. Well, I mean, and, and two, you don't have to compromise your beliefs at the sake of another, you know, Mike and I will talk about our beliefs and I'll hear him out. Maybe not necessarily that I agree with him, but because he's my friend and because I value that relationship and, you know, uh, being a kid's pastor and stuff, you know, I don't force my faith on people. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to know that I believe in Jesus and that's something that's important to me and I'm going to talk about it, but I'm not going to be like, you know what? Hey, you really need to believe the way that I believe and da, 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 da. Or this is an example too. If someone has a boundary, you know, and you believe that they should be or should not be doing something and you try to push that boundary, like, for example, I'm just going to use Micah as an example. And I say, you know what, Micah, I really think that you should talk to so-and-so or be friends with so-and-so because they're a really great person. They're really good. And Micah says to me, you know what, man, I can't really be friends with them because they've done X, Y, and Z. And he gives me a legit reason. Like, it's not just because he doesn't like their shoes or or their shirt. He gives me a legit reason to say, you know what, man, like, I just really can't talk to them. If I continue to tell Micah every two seconds, hey, you need to go talk to this person. Hey, you need to be go be friends with this person. You're an idiot if you don't be friends with this person. Then am I really respecting his boundaries? No. And as friends, you can still have your beliefs and still stick to your morals. But also, too, you should also respect other people's boundaries and other people's beliefs. So, I mean – that's what really fries my donuts is when we force our ideas, force our things on people. And especially I'm tired of seeing it in movies. I'm tired of seeing it in commercials. I'm tired of seeing it everywhere you go. So that's just what really uh, what really fries my donuts. No, I totally get you, Chris. And uh, I like like he said, we can keep going on this for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so I totally get you. But no, I, I completely agree. I think that we need to have some sort of middle ground, not a – you know, I'm right, you're wrong, you suck attitude. Because um, that, that's where a lot of the division has come from um, and where a lot of the problems have happened. I think more than being right, we need to value relationships more than being right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a that's a pride thing, man. It's really what it comes down to. If you're so prideful that you can't be wrong about something, even – I mean, because really what we're talking about – a lot of the things are small, right? You talk about, 
I disagree with you on, I mean, even if you're talking about something as big as I like the president, you don't like the president. Oh, okay, we're, we disagree on something like that. Really, in our life, that is very small. That's very minuscule, and we really cast away valuable relationships because of something that small sometimes, which is crazy. We don't need to do that. Yep. So that's what fries my donuts, and I'll get off that soapbox because I could continue going on about that. But this is not a political rant or anything like that. Y'all don't want to hear me rant forever and ever and ever. Amen. But our next segment is the Mystery Donut, which is my personal favorite. It is the improv segment, and we are going to play the story game. And how this is going to work is I will say a sentence or a line or a phrase and then Micah has to build off of that, and we're going to create a story. So, Micah, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. All right, man, I'm going to go ahead and start. So here we go. Once upon a time, in a magical land, a long, long time ago, there was a turtle named Mr. Squibs. Mr. Squibs had a friend named Bobby, the starfish, who worked at World's Strongest Man. So Mr. Squibbs and Bobby were walking on the beach one day and Mr. Squibbs said to Bobby, Hey Bobby, what's with those jellyfish? They're kind of jerks, always stinging people. I don't really like those guys. And Bobby said, Whoa, 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 man. You know who those guys are? Them are the jellyfish boys. You don't want to mess with them. They ride around in them cars with them 26s on them. You don't want to mess with the jellyfish boys. And then Mr. Squibb said, well, you know, those jellyfish people are always acted up, always causing ruckus. I just don't really like them. I don't care if they are going to mess me up. Well, I'm going to go mess with them. Bobby, being his friend and all, put his hand out. And from working at World's Strongest Man, he was very small. So he said, listen, my friend, you don't want to go over there. You don't want to get stung. Trust me. Did Mr. Squibbs ask Bobby, Bobby, are all of your arms this strong from working at World's Strongest Man, or is it just this one? Then Bobby says, well, of course my arms are that strong. I work for strong World's Strongest Man. This is my friend Gina. She's going to distract you from the jellyfish boys. Mr. Squibbs said to Bobby, well, if you're working at World's Strongest Man and all your arms are strong, I don't understand why you can't go over there and beat up those jerks. Forget about the squid, said Bobby. They're not even squid. I don't know why I call them that. They're jellyfish. They're jellyfish and they're people just like anybody else. And I know you don't like them. But look, I brought a woman. A woman, Squibs. Gina is her name. Mr. Squibs said to Bobby, Your friend Gina is very nice. She has very big hips. Why, yes, she does, said Bobby. But Mr. Squibbs, more importantly, I wanted to talk to you about a proposition. About a little money-making opportunity. You, me, Gina, we don't even have to think about the jellyfish, folks. Mr. Squibbs said, are we going to pull off a big heist and run off with a whole bunch of sand dollars? You bet, said Bobby, as he leaned in and said, and we're going to cut Gina out of the deal at the end. She just doesn't know yet. So Mr. Squibbs and Bobby and Gina went to the edge of the ocean, grabbed a whole bunch of sand dollars, and right when they were almost away, 
from the flounder police. They pushed Gina into the water and she drowned because she couldn't swim. And Bobby and Mr. Squibbs took their sand dollars and they went on a nice vacation. The end. Down to down to Cabo San Lucas. Alright, well that was our very weird uh, mystery donut slash improv segment. That's the thing about improv. We never know where the story is going to go. You just play off of each other and there you go. So we hope that you guys enjoyed that. Now our last and final segment is the eclair, which is our positive advice. And I believe it is your turn to go first this week. Yes, it is. My positive advice for this week kind of goes along with what fries my donuts in a weird way. Don't forget about those around you that have helped. Now, there's a lot to this. I'm going to make it very brief. What I mean by that is there's a lot of people that have helped you along in life with small things, with big things, have been there through the hard times, the good times, and anything in between. It's very easy when those people are very close to you to take their presence for granted. And I will admit, I'm one. Listen, I we all get busy. We all get to the point where it's one of these things to where a message goes unresponded. You know, you, you don't message in a couple days and, you know, something like that, which the other party is all good with, I'm sure. But at the same time, uh, we need to cherish those people. And so what I'm saying is don't forget about those who have helped. And I do want to digress on something. Just one second. Um, those who have helped you, there's a difference between people that you want to let in your circle and sit at your table who have helped you in the past. Because then there are those other people that have helped you in the past and will hold it over your head. Those are the kind of people you don't want to cherish because they have... Uh, they're not out for your best interest anyways. If they're out to hold it over your head and make you feel bad about it, they're not out for your best interest. Um, you, you shouldn't pay as much. I'm talking about those good people. The, you know, You're lucky if you have one or two in your lifetime that is absolutely solid. And you have bunches that actually do help. And you should cherish them as well. But I'm talking about those really, really solid core relationships um we've described it like this before um it's like a tree you know relationships are like a tree there's branches there's leaves the leaves fall off the branches fall off what does not fall off the roots and the core of the tree well the thing is you know those are those strong people in your life they're the core of your tree, and they're the ones that should be cherished and nourished. If you're saying you cherish me, you could have just said it. You didn't have to spend all that time saying all that. No, I'm just playing with you, bro. I'm just playing with that. I'm just playing with you, dude. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. My positive advice, and it's kind of like goes a little bit along with that. You can tie it in, but it's to give grace to people. Um, and I, that sounds like a really like basic thing, but you know what? Sometimes we forget that, and I've had to learn that a lot with people that I work with because for me, I'm having to learn, you know what? Believe the best in people. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, like Michael said, you got to be careful with that. You don't want people to take advantage of you by you giving them the benefit of the doubt all the time, but most of the time, nine times out of 10, you have to ask yourself, did this person really do this to be malicious to me? Did they really mean to do that? 
and that's why it's important to know people's hearts and their intentions um, and to give grace to people because guess what? Everybody has off days. Everybody has off weeks. And when you're having an off day or having an off week, you would like a little bit of grace extended to you. And here's the thing. You may not know everything that's going on in that person's life. You know, if it's at work, maybe they're having a rough home life. Maybe they're having a hard time. So make sure you give grace to people and to, you know, just not write them off immediately. You know, now if there are character issues that need to be deal with, then yeah, go ahead and write them off. But give grace to people. So that's all I really got to say on that. Hey, we're still getting that website built back up. So you guys stay tuned with us. We're actually probably going to have a, at least one video I know of that is going to be posted on our YouTube channel of Micah eating the pig's feet. And we're working on some other uh, video ideas right now. They're in the works. So hold still with us, you guys. We're, we're doing things. We're getting things done. Um, so tvtrashcan.com right now. Hey, like and subscribe. Visit us on our social media pages. Uh, we would love to shout out and hear from you. Uh, you got anything else, Micah, before we sign off? Man, I think this was a great podcast. They keep getting better. And the thing is, um, we're just we're just blessed to have you guys. I can't reiterate that enough. Without you guys, you know, I mean, this is just a... This is just a funny podcast that we could laugh about. But, hey, we have an audience, and that's fantastic. So we love each and every one of you guys. Thank you for listening. Keep holding on. We'll get that. Uh, we'll get everything we want and more despite the website setbacks. Just a little road bump. And uh, just picking back off of that real quick, I've done a little bit of research on like a lot of podcasts, and a lot of them don't make it past 10 episodes. Like People will quit like after 10 episodes. I've done – several researches on some different podcasts not like the big ones but just different ones so hey we're at 33 we're gonna do 34 next week and so i think we're doing pretty good but we are gonna sign off i'm chris and i'm michael and this is the donut box podcast we will see you guys next time